0: to the Untold Immigration Podcast. As always, you're here with Don Rosenberg and me, Brian. And uh, we're going to talk about some good stuff today. We're going to talk about the uh, hypocrisy in the media. We're going to point out some really egregious uh, stories that were written. So we think uh, this is a really good show. Um, it'll be really informative. So we're uh, still in 2020 and we're still surviving. So um, that being said, How are you doing, Don? What's new with you?
1: Not too much. Uh, Trying to stay out of trouble. Um, Things are getting a little busier, I guess, as the uh, election comes into play, although nobody's been talking much immigration news. Um, It's all been uh, COVID and all these stupid things that (laughs) each side tries to blame the other one for. Um, But... uh, you know, other than that, all okay. Yeah, it's,
0: that's interesting. You know, I, that's a good point. You know, last year, the stories that we wanted to talk about were seemingly a, a dime a dozen. And this year, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad, to be honest, but between COVID and, you know, the riots and everything else, it, there really isn't much immigration stuff in the news. Um, and like I said, I don't know if that's if that's good or bad because I some of these stories, it almost seems like they're, they're trying to sneak them out there, you know, they, they're just going to write something that's just completely nonsensical and hope that, that nobody notices, you know, for whatever their, their motivation is. But, um, uh, I mean, speaking of that, I think the first story we wanted to talk about is uh, this story came from, comes from, excuse me, um, NBC4 in Los Angeles. And we'll uh, we'll post this up in the show notes so anyone that wants to uh, to read the story can do it. But, uh, this was written by uh, Rigo. Lobos and Fabiola Berrizabal I'm sure I probably pronounced that wrong but that's the best I can do sure. but in any case um, this was published just recently September 3rd 2020 and the the title of this story is uh, San, or the headline I should say San Diego area family describes fast track deportation of mother during pandemic well Okay. <laughs> fast-track deportation. For anyone that isn't familiar, there really is no such thing as a fast-track deportation. I'm not sure why that's, that's in quotes. Um, there's no legal term for that. There's no, you know, there's nothing in the ICE manual that describes a, a fast-track deportation. Um, the gist of the story is that this lady was deported, having been previously deported in the, in the past. So what we're going to talk about is this idea that somehow ICE is trying to just get rid of people as fast as they can without due process. And, and that to me seems kind of the, the tone of this article, which I think is, is really egregious because they're trying to spin the deportation process in a way that really doesn't exist. Um, and you know the funny thing is, if people are held too long Then we hear, oh, they're being denied constitutional rights. They're being held in custody for too long. They're they're being detained for too long. And then you have stories like this that are on the flip side, where when ICE processes someone in an expeditious manner, oh, my God, it's too fast. It's too fast. Well, you can't have it both ways, number one. But number two, this lady, (laughs) like I said, she was deported before. So when you're deported from the United States and you come back, Without permission, illegally, you get deported again. You know there there's no there's no time frame. You know it isn't like well if you get deported and then just stay out for five years, you can come back because you feel like it. No, that that's not what the law is. And in fact, she was arrested, she was deported, and she came back at least once that we know about in the story. Um, but when you re-enter the country illegally after deportation, that's a felony. And that's something that wasn't mentioned in this story, but the, the, crime, it's, the crime specifically is 8 USC 1326. So anyone that wants to, to look that up, but that is a felony to re-enter the country, you know, after deportation. So just keep that in mind as we kind of go through this story. Um, you know, one of the first things they, they try to make a point of is to say, we couldn't record anything because it happened so quick, said Gutierrez, who explained the agents never knocked on the door. They just waited for them outside. Well, okay. (laughs) That sounds bad, but consider the fact that almost the entire California state government has been going out of its way to advise illegal aliens on how to avoid capture. So the idea that ICE didn't knock on the door shouldn't be surprising to anybody because the California governor, Mayor Garcetti, a lot of other mayors, you know, um, the mayor of Oakland in particular, they're telling people, don't open the door. Don't talk to ice. Don't let him in the house. So what do you expect ice to do? Right. When you tell people how to avoid arrest, ice isn't just going to keep doing the same thing. They're going to change their tactics because they're going to arrest people. That's what they do. Um, you know, and the next part is according to Gutierrez, his wife, Guadalupe was in her car on her way to work when what they feared happened. Okay. Well, that's again, sounds dramatic, but let's break that down. Okay. She's here illegally and she's on her way to work. Well, for anyone that's not familiar, if you were in the country illegally, you have no legal permission to work, right? Obviously we know it all have, all of us know that people work when they're not supposed to, but legally they're not allowed to, right? So this lady was here after deportation, she was working. So I don't really have any sympathy for her trying to say she was going to get to work because one, she shouldn't be here. And two, She has no legal authorization to work. And then it says what they feared happened. Well, she got arrested because she's here illegally. So if you are in fear of getting deported because of breaking the law, well, then maybe you shouldn't be here. You're free to go home, right? No one's forcing them to stay here. No one's forcing them to live in California, right? So I don't have any sympathy for this and nobody else should either because this lady put herself in this position, right? if she doesn't want to live in fear of deportation, she's absolutely free to go back home to her country, which in this case is, is Mexico. Um, you know, there's another sentence here. It says his wife alerted one of his sisters who was about to leave the house to go to work. My wife yelled at her, don't go out. Don't go out. When she yelled, don't go out. She just peeked out of the window and saw her being arrested and went back in. And then her sister is also undocumented. Which I hate that term. but That's what it says in the story. Um, you know, they're talking about how they hid the family and their eight-year-old daughter. Um, and they're basically looking out the window describing what, you know, they saw the ICE officers outside. Um, so they're describing how traumatic it was, you know, on this family that her, her, the mother got arrested. Um, well, again, whose fault is that? You know, they this lady got deported. And at the end of the story, it says she was deported several years ago. So I'm assuming she was deported and then came back and then had her daughter. So... Again, why should any of us have sympathy for this lady when she was deported, came back, then presumably decided to have a child. And now we're supposed to feel sorry for her because her child saw her getting arrested because she was being held accountable for the crime that she committed. You know, I, again, what's, what's the point of this story? This is, this is like trying to, you know, (laughs) this is, this is a bleeding heart story. You could write this about anybody that gets arrested because anyone that gets arrested for any crime Chances are they have kids. So are we not supposed to arrest anybody for any crime? You know, we don't, they don't talk about that. But the fact is, again, she was here illegally. She was arrested because she was deportable, right? She had, just because she has a child, there's no legal reason for her to, to live in the United States. Um, and then the next part of this says, since then, Gutierrez has been in contact with his wife, Guadalupe, and brother-in-law. He said both lasted about 12 hours in detention and were immediately deported to Tijuana, where they are now with relatives. Well, okay, so again, I'm assuming they, re- they wrote this to, to make it sound dramatic. Oh my God, they were only in detention for 12 hours and immediately deported to Tijuana. Well, <laughs> when we talk to people about this stuff, ICE has a lot of rules on how long they can detain people. And the 12 hour thing is important because most ICE facilities are only designed to house people for no more than 12 hours. And what that means is if you detain someone longer than 12 hours, they have to be given showers and beds and they have to be given a proper meal and everything else. So I'm not exactly sure why he was trying to make a big deal out of this 12 hour thing, because that's the way it is, right? ICE doesn't want to keep people in detention longer than necessary because by law, ICE is required to process people as expeditiously expeditiously as possible, depending on what the circumstances are of their case. And in the case of this lady, It sounds like she was near San Diego. She was from Mexico and she was deported before. So ICE has no justification to keep this lady in custody for an extended period of time. There's no reason for it. So this idea that she was deported, you know, on a fast track method is, is nonsense. This happens every day all over the country, right? So this is the law. This is the way the law works. Um, You know, another thing too, that they said in here was, you know, Telemundo 20 contacted, ICE for details on both deportations and have not heard back. Okay. That one could kind of go either way, but to me it sounds like they're that tr- that is insinuating that ICE is trying to hide something. Um, maybe, maybe not, but what's to hide? This lady was, she was arrested. She was deported because she'd been deported before. You know, if ICE had to respond to every arrest that their officers made, they'd be on the, they would never get in touch with everybody because ICE arrests hundreds of thousands of people in a year. So, you know, I'm not sure why that was, that was a big deal, but (laughs) you know, one of the things too, I want to cover is, and this is another part that comes up in a lot of these stories is they said they added that detainees are immigrants who had been previously arrested or had outstanding charges or convictions. According to Rodriguez, no one in the family had a criminal record. Well, okay. That comes up a lot too. And what's important to realize is that if you have no legal status in the country, meaning you don't have a work permit or a green card or some kind of student visa or, you know, anything like that. If you have entered the country illegally, that's the crime. You don't have to commit additional crime to get deported. So this is just a bunch of false sympathy, right? The, The crime is crossing the border without permission, you know, or even overstaying a visa. Once you do those acts, you are deportable right now The reality is that ICE tends to focus on the people that have more serious criminal histories only because they tend to come to the attention of the ICE officers more frequently because they're in jail and they're arrested and things like that. But the reality is the way the law is, crossing the border illegally is a crime. It's 8 U.S.C. 1325. So you can be deported simply for coming into the country without permission. That's the crime. That's the law. I'm sorry if you don't like it. That's the way it is. <laughs> but they don't talk about that in the story. They don't mention 8 U.S.C. 1325. They don't mention 8 U.S.C. 1326. Um, you know, And again, it's not till the very bottom of the story that it says Telemundo 20 searched uh, court criminal history database, but neither Gutierrez's wife nor brother-in-law appeared. But he did admit that both had already been expelled from the country years ago and re-entered, right? So that really should be, I mean, this shouldn't be a story anyway. But really, that should be the headline, because that's the most important part of the story. They've previously been deported from the country. They were caught, and they were deported again. That's not a story, right? And then one of the last lines here is, his wife and brother-in-law are, not, are part of the fast-track deportations. And that's in quotes. There's a method of expelling undocumented people who are not entitled to a pretrial. Well, again, fast-track deportations. I'm not sure where that term came from, but that's not a legal term. That's not a term that ICE uses. It's just a deportation because once you've been ordered deported, there's no need, there's no law requiring you to see a judge or to go through another trial. You've already had a trial and a judge already made a determination that you are not allowed to be in the country. So once you get deported, there are, met- there are remedies that you can take to, to fix your, your status, but you have to do it in an American embassy or an American consulate in your own country. And that's another thing they don't talk about is, okay, so someone that's been deported, they have more options than just coming back and trying to hide from ICE. They can apply for relief. They can apply for certain things, but they have to do it in their own country. And you don't get to just come across the border and then try to figure out how to stay. That's not the system. That's not the way it's supposed to work. So, you know, this is just another story. I mean, I I wish this was... (laughs) I wish the story was uncommon, but almost every story written about illegal immigration kind of follows this pattern of, they don't talk about the law. They don't talk about the consequences of people viol- violating the law. They turn it into, you know, just an emotional hit piece. They, they want everyone to, to think that everyone is just a hardworking, you know, illegal alien with no other criminal history. And they all have children and they're all good people, you know, and there's no doubt that a lot of them are what they're advocating for is always open borders, no enforcement, none of that. And the, the amount of crime stuff that's committed by illegal aliens <laughs> is is really outrageous when you think about it. But just because some people are good is no reason to throw open the gates and let everybody in. Because we know for a fact that criminals take advantage of this. So I think... <laughs> There's a lot more I want to say, but I think I've I've rambled on about this pretty <laughs> long enough. I, I don't want to leave you out there, Don. I mean, what have I what have I left out? What do you want to add to this? Well, well the thing is, I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna put on my publishing hat for a minute and go ahead and, and take off my uh, whatever other hat I have. Um, I, just for the listeners, I was a publisher for 15 years. I ran a um, a group of. I'm I was a publisher for one specific magazine, but I was the uh, vice president of publishing for a whole group of magazines. Um, but I was only the publisher for the largest one and the one that I had joined the company to to do. And, you know, for any, ma- any magazine, newspaper, television station, radio, you only have a certain amount of time or space so, part of the job, or a big part of the job, not so much for the publisher, really for the editor, but obviously the publisher, or the editor works for the publisher, um, is you know story selection. This, there is no way that this story passes the smell test to ever be published. On one hand, you can look at if it's a news, if you, if you decide, and that, and that's how they've done this. This is this is portrayed as a news story. Well, a news story. This is this would be like printing every day in the paper, you know, dog bites man. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, because there's nothing to it. This happens all the time. It's nothing, and there's you know. So then you start looking. Is there something unique in it that would make it newsworthy? Well, there's nothing unique in it. It's pretty simple. You have people that broke the law and they're being deported. <laughs> End of story. So there's no story. The second Part would be, okay, is it a humanitarian story? Do we want to print it for humanitarian reasons? Well, again, no, because it happens all the time. There's nothing unique in this story. It's not like one of them is a citizen. It's not like one of them was on the verge of discovering the cure for COVID, and now they're not <laughs> going to be able to because we've taken them out of the country. There's nothing here. E- even if you after that, decided, well, I'm still going to publish it. Well, this is not a San Diego area family. This is a Mexican family living in San Diego. Right. And, and that's one of the things that drives me crazy about all of these stories is a, you know, a man from here, a woman from there. No, that's not where they're from. That's just where they happen to be right. <laughs> at, at the moment. When the hijackers of 9-11... Did we call them, oh, two San Diego men who were part of the group? No, we didn't say that we may have said they were living in San Diego, right. but we didn't call them, but we didn't say they were or or whatever the other you know the other ones were It's absurd to do that, so this was a case of this is Channel Four in this case, and Telemundo, and you know you can list everybody on there it's Every so often, and maybe we haven't done it in a while because of all the other stuff that's taken up you know, all the air out of the room, we need to remind everybody one more time how horrible law enforcement and ICE, and even though they, I'm surprised they didn't name Trump in the story somewhere, yeah. how terrible they are because they're taking these poor families, and in this case, during a pandemic, yeah, throwing them out of the country—it's like, oh, okay, really? I mean, <laughs> you know, why aren't we deporting then? You know, all the people that were in Sturgis <laughs> a couple weeks ago—that was during a pandemic. Yeah, I guess most of them were citizens, but maybe we could have stripped them of their citizenship because it was a pandemic going <laughs> on. So. The best way to describe all of this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that it is. It's it's anybody who's a true journalist or you know it, this is an embarrassment that they would waste space on this story. Um, but it's but it it's serving its purpose. That we we in this case NBC Telemundo we believe that the law is wrong, and we know that arguing that the law is wrong doesn't really work unless we make people cry of how could you do this during a pandemic to these people you're trying to kill them um, and you know and, and again you're looking at it it's again except we don't know about the daughter but the father the mother her sister yeah. her brother they're all here illegally right. <laughs> every single one of them and of course, you know, it's all—it's—it's it's amazing how these stories, you know, can run where they're complaining about someone who's illegal being deported and never using the word illegal once right. in the entire story. They're undocumented. They're this. They're that. That's—that's that's like saying, you know, the 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 man who robbed my house. Well, let's call him a keyless visitor. <laughs> I mean, how would you feel if that, yeah. if it was your house that was robbed and the guy who robbed it was called a keyless visitor? Um, so it it's just you know, yeah, just no absurd that 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 that. that the, I mean, look, if the media wants to argue that it's that these people should be allowed to stay, well, then argue they should be allowed to stay, but don't try to argue it by making. Everybody feel bad for them. Right. And you know, there's there's nothing in this story. Stories are supposed to have some balance when you write a story. Okay, well, here we're saying how terrible that we we being the, you know, the people who broadcast this or wrote it or whatever, how terrible it is on these things. But there's not one person that they ever spoke to in here. That said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> no, aside from the fact that it's against the law, here's you know this little girl's costing taxpayers a lot of money. Right. At the very least, you know I'd say sixty to seventy thousand dollars for her education to date. That will you know that's only through third grade, fourth grade, whatever. You know I'm not sure. I guess she's eight. She's probably in third grade. If she was born here, like. You know, we're assuming, maybe not. I guarantee you, this family has signed her up for all these benefits they get—food stamps and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera—which could easily be another sixty thousand dollars. If she's well, it's probably more if she was born here, because then you got eight years of, of that, um, and of course. There's never anything in these stories about that. It's always that, as this story is, trying to say that they haven't committed any crimes. Well, they, they've, we know that they've committed at least two. They came right. in illegally and they came back. <laughs> Whether they committed any other crimes, we don't know. They said they, you know, they couldn't find any, but we don't even know that this is their names.
0: Well, that's, that's true. But you know, also, too, I would argue they committed a third crime. Because if, if the article even says that that lady was working, right, I'd like to know, well, how is she working, right? Because like I said before, if you're here illegally, you have no authorization to work, right? Someone that's been deported, I mean, there are certain circumstances where maybe it does happen, but 98% of the cases, if you've been deported before, you're not entitled to a work permit. You're not entitled to a social security number. So if this lady was deported before, And now she's here working. How is she working, right? Is she working for cash? Well, that's a crime. Is she using someone else's social security number? That's a crime, right? No one ever talks about that, right? So for all these people out there that think, oh, well, they're just working, they're just doing this, doing that. Well, okay. Yes, they are. But you have to dig deeper, right? How is she working? Whose social security number is she using, right? Or is she working for an employer that just pays cash? You know, I think the article said she she cleaned houses. So I'm going to assume that she's probably just paying, she was paid in cash. I mean, we don't know that, but regardless. So she's working for cash. So that means she's not paying taxes, right? I'm not real familiar with all the tax laws, but that's a crime. That's essentially stealing from the public because at the very least, her daughter's getting educated and she's not putting anything into the system. So why, why are people not upset about that? And, you know, another part of this too is, Okay, they live in the San Diego area, which for anyone that's not familiar with California, San Diego generally is is pretty nice. The weather's nice. It's not far from the beach. So you have an entire family taking up a house, right? That whole family, from the sound of the story, shouldn't even be here, right? And I know that sounds cold, and I know it sounds terrible, but it's the truth. They have no legal permission to be in the country. So for anyone that, you know, again, says, well, they're just here to work, and they're just doing that, well, okay, but... But also taking up a house from another legal family that could live there. So their existence, one drives up taxes, like you said, and it also increases the cost of living. It, it causes problems for normal people that you're not even aware of. And if this was the only story that we were talking about, if this was the only family in California that was, you know, here illegally without any crimes, this wouldn't be an issue. We wouldn't even be talking about this, but, you know, the reality is there are probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of families just like this, right? So what does that do to our tax base, right? When you have millions of people either working for cash or working under someone's social security number, because we know that happens a lot. And then you also have millions of families occupying housing, occupying houses and apartments and driving cars and putting their kids in school, right? So just the mere fact of having people here have no legal permission to be here causes schools to be overcrowded. It causes (laughs) issues with funding. It causes issues with, with all kinds of stuff. So for a normal person, now that means your children have a harder time getting educated. The resources for your children's schools are stretched even thinner. You have a harder time finding a place to live, right? Your commute is longer. There's more traffic. So there's no upside to any of this. And I think that ultimately I think that's why they write these stories because they know what they're saying is indefensible. So they have to come at it with an angle that tugs at your heartstrings. They have to come up with an angle that, Oh, you can't argue. You can't, you can't, you can't deport her. She has a child, you know, whatever it is, but it's like, well, okay. Yeah. That's sad, but let's look at the bigger picture, you know? And I think that's, what's really evil about all these stories like this is that they know all that, but they purposely write these stories to, to, Really to deceive people i think and i think for someone in the media i think that's that's really evil to to knowingly do that because i there's really no other reason for this i, I can't think of one
1: yeah, well you know you can add to the you know again if we look at how long she's been here you, you couldn't charge her with this because uh you know you don't have any proof but um up until you know a couple of years ago she, I'm sure she was driving to clean houses, and she yep. wouldn't have been able to get a driver's license. I'm assuming I'll make the assumption that she has one now, um, although maybe not. We don't know that. You know, the other thing, and I was just reading a story, um, I think it was yesterday, where um, you know people thought the remittances were going to, you know, to Mexico. Well, the story is about Mexico, but I'm sure it was all countries would go okay. down. Because of everything's going on. And all year they've been up. So they were, the the remittances for um, July, I guess was the last month they had were reporting were almost $4 billion. Now, that includes people that are here legally, that includes people that maybe even are citizens that are sending money out of the country. But there's a nice chunk of that, and if, if you just multiply that out over the year, that's you know thirty-five to forty billion dollars. Even if you just take, you know, twenty percent of that, that's a, a lot of money that would have been spent in country, right. which which stimulates business, right. and instead went down to Mexico. Right. Now I happen to be, I'm fine with. People sending remittances to any country, um, if they're here legally working, because even though that's taking money from you know from stimulating our economy, we want these other economies to do well. We want right. them to be stimulated. I'd rather good send the money and instead of you know trying to come up because at least if you send the money, it's getting to the people in many of these countries because they're so corrupt. If they get the money from us, it never makes it to the people. <laughs> right, right. It just you know, it's 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 siphoned off by those leaving the countries. So you know, so better that they they do that and and help those people out. But yeah, so you could add maybe another crime of that. And and I know you know all too often I, oh, driving without a license isn't a, you know it's a victimless crime. Well, yeah, tell my son that. Uh um, right. You know, it's not a victimless crime. And even, you know, and then, of course, it it crowds the highways, it creates more pollution. (laughs) I mean, there's all these things that you just keep checking boxes one after the other, which basically comes down to the, you know, the question you have to ask yourself about all of this is, does this, uh, other than the people that are here illegally, other than the people who you, you know, exploit them by, you know, hiring them, paying them, under minimum wage, uh, not paying in, you know insurance, not paying social security, not paying Medicare. Other than those people, if you could snap your fingers and they were they all disappeared tomorrow, would that be a bad thing? And while we're in this election period, let's say they weren't here. Would any of the candidates, and we'll have to put it on the Democratic side, since we know where Trump stands? Would any of the candidates right now be pushing, oh, we need to allow millions of people to just stream into our country right. without checking who they are or anything? We, we need them so badly. So yeah, let's just let 11 to 20 million in, right. and then we'll, we'll shut the gates after that. Of course, they don't. But we'll yeah. shut the gates after that, but <laughs> we need those people. And of course, no, nobody would say that, because if they did, they'd be run out on a rail. So it's you know it's bad but yeah these so these stories, um, you know are, <laughs> they're just that's all they are and and you know I want to I mean, you may want to come back to this but I, I think it's a good transition into this story that ran in the LA Times the other day and it's not the story is not really the issue, it's the fact that it, or what's in the story is not really the issue, it's the fact that it ran at all. This is. Uh, September 3rd, front page of the LA Times, U.S. migrant still in sanctuary after more than three years. Um, So, you know, I mean, short, long story short, this woman's in Colorado. She's living in a church because they're trying to deport her. Um, And, you know, we can get into the gist of the story, but this is what I find I'm not even sure I'd call it insulting. That's not a big enough word. There's probably been in the last 10 years, you know, maybe I've seen this story, not this specific story, but the same story about somebody living in in sanctuary in a church, you know, maybe a dozen times. Um, again, it's not really a news story, or it should be a news story as to why is the church allowed to to violate federal law and protect this person. But even that's not the biggest part. The biggest part of the story is in that same 10-year period, the LA Times, and sure we can talk about other papers the same, but I happen to know this for a fact because I tracked this with the LA Times, they have never once run a story like this you know, a crimey river story about a family that has had a child, an adult, anybody, <laughs> I'll leave it as anybody killed by an illegal alien. Not one. Right. Anywhere in the and, and I, I'll take that a little further as a news story nowhere in the paper. <laughs> not not in this, you know, the 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 you know the bowels of the paper, not in the calendar section, not in the sports section, nowhere. Now, you know the closest thing I guess you got get to a couple of years ago when a football player was killed in Indiana, the Indianapolis Colts football player in the sports section. They had a little thing that this guy had been run over and killed. Didn't say that the person who killed him was illegal, but it was in there that the that the guy had been run over and killed, and you know, you start to look at this stuff and you go, you know, why do people think that this stuff, you know, that people here illegally is okay. And one of the reasons is because they're never, ever told that the bad things that they do, (laughs) they never get into, you know, the study. And the few times that the story even appears, um, and I can only think of, once in the last couple of years, if we go we'll go back five years, I can only think of two, uh, well, no, three, now that I think about it, is when the story appears because it started off as like, I guess it was two years, two and a half years ago now, where the police officer was was shot and murdered in uh, California, and um, I guess, Central California, I think it was. And that's a news story that a cop is you know was killed right murdered in this case they didn't know who did it, so they didn't know until maybe five or six days later when they arrested this guy. I knew i mean I had been told who the guy was and whatever, even though they you know which is ironic back to the other story, of course he had a fake name <laughs> um and he was. They they, fought, they had they had no choice but to follow up the story when they arrested this guy, and say that yeah he was here illegally. But after that, the story disappeared. Same thing happened with Molly Tibbetts. For thirty days, she's missing. She was the the twenty year old I guess she was at the time in uh, Idaho not Idaho Iowa yeah. Nebraska whatever it was and you know she went missing. And that story appeared almost every day, somewhere in the paper, many times on the front page. They catch the guy, (laughs) and before the, you know, and they immediately knew, or was immediately announced when they caught him that he was illegal. And that story appears on the bottom of page eight in the LA Times. And then again, never hear from it again. had they known, especially in her case, that she had been killed because there's been so many others by an illegal alien day one, they would never run the story. They they run this story, but somehow, I guess it was about a month ago, they didn't have room to run a story of an illegal alien, DACA recipient, prior DUI, Prior, a couple other priors, I don't have the article, I don't have the information in front of me. He runs into a group of what was called the Thin Blue Line, which was basically um, ex-police, ex-military guys who were, you know, riding motorcycles. (laughs) Um, He runs, he's drunk, runs into them, kills three that day. I think it was nine. Go to the hospital, and then one of those in the hospital died a few days later. Right? Not a mention. Nothing. Not one word. I and do you think for a second that if it had been a white guy that ran into, you know, people that that story and killed four of them, that that story wouldn't have been in the paper? And and you know what? It doesn't matter to me. Again, putting my journalism hat back on, I wouldn't care what color what nationality what race what anything that the guy who killed them was and i wouldn't care anything about the the people that were killed when it comes to their race or whatever that's a news story when a drunk who shouldn't even be here let right. alone that he was a doc recipient k- kills four people and not a word right these these they should if there was licensing to be a to be a newspaper, they should lose their license oh. because they're not serving the public interest. And I know there used to be a public right. interest thing on broadcasting.
0: Well, uh, I, I agree. I, you know, you, you so you brought up a lot of good points, and I kind of want to touch on a few of them. Um, and, and just to be clear, we're not we're not saying that they're committing crimes because they're illegal aliens. The point that gets overlooked is the people that we're talking about are illegal aliens, which means they should not be in the country. And the fact that the government and a lot of police departments protects them, allows them to commit these crimes. So for all the people that have been murdered, uh, I mean, obviously there's too many to count, but your son, you know, Jamil Shaw, Molly Tibbetts, um, those police officers that were, that were run over. Um, and even two I forget, I, I should know their names, but if you remember the, I think we're talking about the same case. There was another illegal gang member up in Sacramento that he, he in court was basically laughing at the judge. He was laughing at the families saying, if you let me out, I'm just going to go kill more of them. Right. He was laughing at the fact that he murdered people. Right. He murdered police officers. Right. So those people shouldn't even be here. Right. That number one, number two, the fact you have a government protecting them and enabling them. Like, I don't, it, it's beyond me why more people in, aren't out in the streets violently protesting that because you have a government enabling criminal behavior, right? It's not that we overlooked this guy. We didn't get to him in time and he committed a horrendous crime. Okay. That's terrible, but that happens. But you have the government and you have the news media protecting people and then hiding the stories when they come out it is it, it's beyond belief. And like, and I just want to say it again, it's not that they're illegal. It's not that they commit more or less crime. We're not talking about that. The fact is they shouldn't be here and you have people in government protecting them and then ignoring the fact when they commit crime. And it's, it, it's, I mean, it's beyond belief. It doesn't make sense to say it out loud, but we see it every day. And I I mean, we, we know the motivation behind it, but it's so transparent to anybody that's paying attention that it, it really just kind of makes me sick. You know, you, you like you said, nobody talks about the families of the victims, right? You know, your family was obviously your son was, was killed. That I don't think
1: the LA Times ever reached out to you, did they? You know, well, when actually, it's funny you should mention that. When and and I'm not even sure what prompted me to do it. It may have been an article. I I they never reached out to me. But they did end up doing an article, mm-hmm. but it was because I went I and and he's a really good guy. I don't want to you know I don't like a lot of the people at the LA Times, and those that you know they don't really talk to me. But Steve Lopez, who writes a column, I started you know hitting on him to do some you know with my story. Right. It. it, it, it I mean, in between all that, he had like a heart attack and oh, broke his leg and everything. I mean, he's fine now, which is a good thing because he is a good guy. And he eventually we eventually did the story, but he didn't reach out to me. Now the thing is, other than me reaching out to people at the LA Times, not to do a story about me, but to to correct things that they were saying mm-hmm. that were wrong, there's no way he would have known about me because right. he didn't ever do a story. About me, and neither did any other newspaper you know in California um, I mean later on they did, but not at the time this this is back to I think twenty twelve and then a few years ago, he called me out of the blue, it wasn't really a story about me or my son or anything. it was more an immigration story, and he wanted to talk to me, and I was not happy with the story he did because. Like a lot of the things that I'm telling you, because a lot of it was about the LA, me pushing about the LA Times and their lack of, of honesty and transparency talking about this issue. And he never put any of that into the column. Um, he didn't know, there was nothing in the column that was a lie or whatever, other than, you know, you could maybe say it was a lie of omission. It's like, why is none of this stuff here? It's a big part of the story. But to your, the the guy you were talking about was named Louis Bracamontes, Bracamontes um, in Sacramento. Yeah. Now, the, the crazy, like you say, when protecting these guys, he, when he was, right, I was supposed to do a story with the Fox affiliate that afternoon, just, uh, you know, a recorded, radio story, not a radio story, a um. um uh, would have been a phone story of my voice. They were doing it was it was the Fox affiliate TV station, right. and the woman we were supposed to do it at like two o'clock, and around twelve thirty she calls me in a panic and says, "We got to do this later." I, there's a big breaking news story, and and basically I said okay, <laughs> and hung up. <laughs> she hung up, and you know so I started looking. What is this breaking news story in Sacramento? And it was this guy having killed two. Um, one was a sheriff. Um, I'm Not sure. The other was a detective, I think. So <laughs> the next day, uh, you know, this, the the guy had ten um, different IDs, <laughs> yeah. none of which was Louis Bracamontes, mind you. But that's what it, they ended up believing was his real name was. He had been previously deported twice. He happened, he was living at the time in, I think, Idaho, but he came to Sacramento there. I mean, nobody's ever figured out why and a motive or anything. Um, and yeah, he, you know, so he kills these people. Well, that story, um, you know, when when I heard about the sheriffs being killed, which was late, uh, late fr- on a Friday afternoon, um, So East Coast time, it would have been, uh, you know, probably six, seven o'clock. So I recorded Monday, I set my DVR and I recorded MSNBC from seven in the morning until the last show, which I think ends at uh, nine o'clock or ends at 10 o'clock at night. And then I went back and listened. They never mentioned this story once. <laughs> Not one time, and what then happened and i this this was October of uh twenty fourteen i believe um and it wasn't long after and I think it was maybe like a week or two where this guy from Baltimore shot and killed two cops in New york and MSNBC covered that story 24/7. <laughs> they had people out on the street. I mean, it was day after day after day. Now, the the you know, it had nothing to do with race or it would be illegal or this or that or the other. It's just a guy from Baltimore, <laughs> U.S. citizen, you know, killed two people, and that story was just covered constantly. Well, why was that story? I can see why you may have given it a little more coverage because it was New York, and you're in New York. But to give that story the coverage it got, which was probably deserved, and to never mention this story at all, right. is absurd. That—that's not. Oh, we missed it. That is somebody in the newsroom, one of the producers or the executive producer of the entire, new, um, you know, news division there, saying, "Don't cover this story." Right. That's on purpose. There's no way they right. missed it, and although it didn't get much coverage anywhere, but there was no way they missed that story. Um, so, you know, you're right when you, you know, you mentioned the, these, you know, these guys. Now, it was a few years later when he went to trial. And yes, while he was sitting in trial, he was, he, I, if I had the opportunity, I would I should have killed more of them. And I would have done and that hardly I mean that did get a little because the video footage was so outrageous that did get a little bit of coverage right <laughs> um, but again, it's like you know a couple years later, and when you cover somebody like that, people will always well that person's crazy, <laughs> so you know what because you you made a comment which I, I agree it for the most part, but I disagree a little, where you said it they they didn't. You know, these people didn't kill somebody because they were illegal. And for the most part, I would say, yeah, they're, you know, they may be illegal and they're a criminal, so they killed somebody. But what I don't know in my case, and well, let me go to another case first. There was a, if anybody's ever seen or heard of the movie, I think it's, uh, uh, I I don't want to name it because it could be the wrong movie, (laughs) but this woman was the director of the movie. She lived in New York. And she was having work done in her apartment and an illegal from Ecuador came on to her and he never did anything in terms, you know, sexually never did anything. And she just said, you know, no, 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 whatever. And he stopped. But then he killed her. (laughs) He murdered her. Why did he do that? And he admitted it. I mean, it wasn't uh, he admitted because he was afraid she was going to report him. So she he yeah. killed her because he was here illegally. In my son's case, and we never got a we don't know for a fact, he hit my son, and that's not what killed him. It was the fleeing or attempting right. to flee. Now, did he attempt to flee because he was illegal and didn't want to get caught? Because let's let's put it this way, the <laughs> the worst case scenario at the time that he hit him, that he would have gotten maybe a reckless driving charge. Right. So my son was fine after the collision. It was, you know, although it all happened within seconds. But I would say that if, if it's true that he was trying to flee because he was afraid, because he was illegal, then yes, his illegality killed him. And that may be the case yeah. in Molly Tibbetts, because he, the guy never did anything to her up to that point other than harass her and and not even I mean he wasn't harassing her in the in the sense of I'm gonna rape you. He was it looked like he was just hitting on her is probably a better term. Right. And she said no. Well then he did he decide, uh oh, she's gonna report me and I'm gonna get deported. Right. Well, and, you know, so sometimes it is. Yeah. It's not it's not like somebody says, oh I'm gonna break I'm gonna sneak into the United States so I can kill people. I, I don't believe that
0: right well I, I know what you meant and I, I think i think where i was going with that is i don't i don't disagree with you i think a lot of times people like to say that our side you know says all illegal aliens are criminals and all illegal aliens are rapists and murderers and you know they accuse us of of stereotyping and in making these, these really generalized statements about illegal aliens in general and i think what i meant was i don't want to say every legal alien has their own stuff going on and they shouldn't be here. There's no question. but I think what you're, at least I agree with you. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think you can also argue that a lot of other criminals have killed people and fled just because they don't want to suffer the consequences of their criminal actions. So yes, in your son's case, I think you're absolutely right. Because in San Francisco, that was in San Francisco, right? At yep. that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time. Yeah there would have been zero consequences for him being arrested by the police, you know, in San Francisco, they would have protected him if anything. So I think they
1: they already had, yeah, because they, he was, he was arrested for driving without a license. And uh, the guy who's now running for, for um, LA district attorney, George Gascon, um, he was the police chief at the time. But they had announced a policy, um, which was really, you know, it's Gavin Newsom's policy because he could have stopped it, but Gascon was the one that announced it supposedly before he was supposed to, um, that if you're here illegally, even though this guy at the time, you know, if you're illegally, you can drive without a license. And then, of course, he became the district attorney and botched the case, (laughs) you know, so, which I think he did on purpose. I don't think it was... I don't think they're that the people that work for them are that stupid or that. Oh, I, I,
0: agree. <laughs> I I just think um I think my my point really was we're ignoring criminal behavior. And it when you ignore criminal behavior of certain groups, and maybe it emboldens them, maybe it encourages them to commit more crime, I don't know. But in your son's case in, in so many, so many of these other cases, the fact is because immigration law was ignored, a horrendous crime happened. And, you know, I know, like you said, you don't believe that the person that, that killed your son did it on purpose and it doesn't seem like it, but at the end of the day, he should not have been here. And the reason he was probably in San Francisco and in California, nonetheless, was because he felt he would have been protected. You know, if, if the entire world knew that the United States enforced its immigration laws, a lot of these people would never come to the United States and they'd never be in a position where they would be able to commit crimes or they would be in a position where they could accidentally kill somebody or whatever the case is. You know, why did that guy that killed Molly Tibbetts, why did he end up in Iowa? You know, that nobody, nobody wants to talk about that. And I don't know the answer, but you know, I, like I said, the point was regardless of their predilection for committing crime, which we, I know we've got some numbers on, but forget that for a second. It's, it's a simple fact of they've ignored immigration law. They have no right to be here. The government protects them. The newspapers essentially write propaganda to change people's opinion, you know, and that's, (laughs) that was my point. And and that's one of the reasons that we we wanted to talk about that, you know, that story with the lady in the church, which we kind of, we didn't talk about too much, but you know, for all the that's why those stories are so horrendous is because for any, like you said, you know, that story was on the front page of the LA Times, right? Are you honestly telling me that the Los Angeles Times doesn't have a more pressing story to put on the front page, right? Like of all the other things they could talk about, they chose to put that story on the front page about some lady who is violating the law, right? like i mean they go into all you know she had a business and all this stuff and it's like no where are the stories about why don't you write a story about the police officers families that were destroyed right why don't you write a story about the four families that he got or the i mean you said it was three but i think it's four now like you said um you know what did those guys do they were on a motorcycle ride and they got mowed down your son was riding a motorcycle and he got run over you know Jamil shaw's another one that that i like to talk about you know all these people that were that were murdered and killed for no reason they don't get front page stories right i don't i don't remember seeing the la times no, maybe they, don't they, even get,
1: they don't even get stories yeah. <laughs> forget the front page I,
0: yeah <laughs> isn't and that that's really i think what gets us really angry is that if you want to write these stories about these people and say look at their plate oh my god this is terrible she's getting deported okay, you can write that. That's fine. Like you have the freedom to write those stories, but at what cost? Because you're taking up real estate on a major newspaper to write that. You're you're taking up the front page to write that story. And it's not like there's nothing else to report. You chose to write that story. Why is that? Why did you choose that story over anything else that's a million times more important? (laughs) You know, And, and, and that's why we're here. You know, that's why we're talking about this. That's why we're trying to get people to understand that most of what you read in the paper and most of what you see on TV when it comes to immigration is just, it's like you said, it's bullshit. And for lack of a better word, it's, it's propaganda. And I mean, I don't use that term lightly because I really think it is. It's, you have a news outlet purposely changing words and purposely writing specific stories to change public opinion to what they think it should be. And that in and of itself is evil, regardless of what the topic is. I don't care if you're talking about politics or the environment or firearms or whatever it is, right? Whatever the topic is, if you have a a media outlet, much less a major outlet like the LA times writing stories where they're trying to change your opinion by omitting key facts or ignoring certain stories because they don't like the outcome of that story. That's a problem. That's a major problem. And, you know, I don't know if if the LA times is doing it because (laughs) they're, they're failing, you know, like, are are they trying to just write sensational stories because they want eyeballs or are they failing because that's what they've chosen to write? You know, I, I don't know, but I think we, we can all agree. The LA times is (laughs) on its way out, which probably isn't a bad thing anymore, but that's disappointing Mm -hmm. because I, you know i don't want to see i don't want to see a newspaper out a business because we have a great freedom in this country the freedom of the press we have that as a right we have the ability to have journalists write stories based on what they find but we're losing it we're we're losing these great or used to be great institutions and and, and that's a problem in and of itself you know they're writing propaganda but also they're they're failing and that's i don't know what the outcome is going to be and i, I fear that if we lose if we lose the traditional sources of journalism, I, I fear that people are just going to fall back into their echo chambers and they're never going to have an opportunity to, to hear the other side. And that, at least in my mind, is what a newspaper should have been. It was a, should have been an objective source for news that anybody could read and kind of formulate their own opinions. But we, we seem to be getting away from that. Um, and immigration is just one example of, of how it's, <laughs> the media is not doing its job. And it's, it's sad. It's, it's really sad.
1: Yeah, well, it, you know it, it, the the story. It, you know, you have, why did they print this? Well, they print it because one, there's you know there's a large Hispanic population in Los Angeles, all of California, and I'm not claiming that that I, I don't believe a lot of that population wants those people here, wants these people here right. because it it does hurt them. But it's mainly again, it's it's to. Their their narrative as a newspaper, which only belongs on the editorial page and no place else, is that the people that are here illegally should be allowed to remain. Right. And I, as long as they wrote editorials that way and the editorial was honest, they weren't lying about why they should be able to stay. That's their they have the right to do that. Right. But when they leave the editorial page and start putting their and they start putting editorial on the on the front again. There's nothing unique about this story because they even get into the thing that there's like 40 people around the United States right now with these stories, um, and that you know that that it's (laughs) okay, fine. Well, (laughs) if anything, again, the story should be why are religious institutions (laughs) getting involved in in defeating federal law? That's the story but in this case it's it's all to we want you to feel sorry for this woman because i mean you, as soon as the story starts out <laughs> it's you know she's been in there three, since she's been in there for 3 years her mother has died along with five elderly dogs she left with a stepfather well you know what <laughs> why should i care <laughs> you shouldn't be here if you if you hadn't put yourself in that in that situation and were being honest about who you were living in Mexico because her parents were here legally. Right. Well, you could if your mother was dying, you could have gotten, I'm sure that you would have gotten a visa to temporarily come in and see your mom. So I don't care. And your five dogs don't belong here anyway. They belong with you in Mexico. Well, and you would you would have been there. You know, it's it gets worse. It it keeps going. She talks about two food trucks she operated, sit yeah. idle. She spends her day writing poetry, working on her case, and walking the dark halls in Green Long of the church, careful never right. to step onto the sidewalk. Like, yeah, there's probably 50 ICE agents there watching her every day to see right. her step onto the sidewalk so they can arrest her. And then the story gets worse because then it goes into other examples of other people. Right. Just we're gonna throw, we're gonna pour this on as quick as much as we can. Alex Garcia, 39, of Honduras. So, I mean, I just quickly looked up Alex. To, let's see what his deal is. Well, <laughs> Garcia's de- deportation order, he's at a church in Missouri um, for three years. His deportation is orders from an earlier attempt to enter the United States after leaving Honduras. He was caught and deported in 2000, but returned four years later and of course now he's married he's got five kids <laughs> they're all US citizens <laughs> so okay we really needed them and I, you know what I, at least from this story without doing any research on the guy eh, it doesn't look like he was a terrible bad guy that he was just you know he came in and he's working in construction well construction's not a bad paying job and it's only been made worse because people like him are working there and will take less money. Right. Um you know this is an amazing family and Alex this is no hyperbole he is the hardest worker i've ever met said reverend rebecca turner he's a he is a contribution to the community. Yeah. Well, you know <laughs> uh I'll do Go ahead, Bill. You can talk as I'm going to do some quick math here. Oh, go ahead. Well, you um, know,
0: this. we could probably do a whole show just on this article in and of itself.
1: Uh, is, well, let me interrupt and then go, go, go back to it. Okay, so really quickly, and I did this, did this just based on averages. Since I don't know what Missouri spends on educating children. Right. Um, but if you, in today's dollars, because again, I don't know how old the kids are. I don't know who's graduated, who hasn't those five kids just to educate them will cost Missouri taxpayers $715,000. And and again, are those five kids all getting benefits cause they're all U S citizens, right? You know, we don't know. I mean, but, but the seven, have they paid anywhere near $715,000 in taxes? I sincerely doubt it.
0: Right. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, you, you, you touched on it briefly, and I kind of wanted to go back to it. Uh, you know, when we're talking about the story, of this this lady, uh, Sabido, uh, you know, as I'm reading this, says so she grew up in Mexico, entered the U.S. in 1987 on a visitor visa to see her mother and stepfather, who were legal residents. Okay, so everything's fine there. Legal residents, she came in on a visitor visa, no problem. Um, her mother filed a petition for Sabido to become a permanent resident, a process that takes years. Okay, well, that's the way it is, because the United States can't just accept everybody into the country just because they want to be here. You know, that it doesn't work that way. So the process does take years, you know, sorry. Um, In the meantime, she traveled between the U S and Mexico on a visitor visa. So this part's interesting. This, this is what people like to overlook. In 98 during questioning by immigration officers at the Phoenix airport, she admitted to working as a babysitter in the U S. So she admits to committing a crime in the U S. Right. So as a visitor, you're not allowed to work, right? That's just the way it is. You come in for vacation, you come in as a visitor, but you can't work. So she admitted to a crime. And I know this will sound weird, but that crime made her inadmissible to the United States. And that's a legal term that immigration uses. So because she was deemed admissible, she was returned to Mexico. Now this was in 87. So I don't know if it was a deportation or however they did it, this story doesn't say. But a month later, she crept through a narrow tunnel in Nogales, Arizona, and made her way to Cortez, where she sold food, prepared taxes, and worked as a secretary at St. Mar- Margaret Mary Church. Okay. <laughs> She's, again, working, selling food, preparing taxes as an illegal alien, and worked as a secretary at the church. So the church is harboring illegal aliens, right? Mm-hmm. I You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to get too down on the church, but this is one thing that really gets irritating. One, they harbored her, which is illegal. It's 8 USC 1324. Two, they employed her, which is another crime. And eventually ice got her. Right. So she won stays of deportation. That says, you know, she was denied in 2017 and she was ordered to leave. So (laughs) she had a chance to do things the right way. She had a chance to come here legally and she blew it by working. Right. So, you know, I'm sorry, you broke the law, you got deported, and then you chose to come back. You know, for all the people that we talked to, you know, I'm pretty confident in saying that if this story is true, and she simply admitted to working illegally back in 1987 or 98 or whatever it was, I'm very confident that she probably could have resolved that issue before she came back illegally, right? So she chose to put herself in this position, right? She, she chose to break the law. She chose to come back in illegally. And the one thing that, that really struck me and the reason I'm going through all this, the line in here really got, <laughs> got me irritated. It says, but Mexico wasn't home anymore. She'd spent more than three decades in the U.S. She spoke English fluently and had faith in the system. Okay, she's been here for 30 years and we're supposed to feel sorry for her. Well, whose fault is that, right? She chose to come back. She chose to come here illegally. She chose to remain in the United States for 30 years illegally. She knew she was in violation of the law. And this line about having faith in the system, what does that mean, right? (laughs) Faith in what system? You broke the law, you got deported, you came back in illegally, you petitioned the government to stay in the country for for seven years and they allowed you to stay, right? I've talked to people that have been responsible for those stays of removal or deportation or whatever they call them. And there's a whole big process to that. And the people that file those stays, they know it's temporary. And ICE has the discretion to grant or or not grant them. So for her to say that I've been here for 30 years, you can't deport me. Well, whose fault is that? You chose to do that. You chose to come here illegally. You chose to try to exploit the immigration system. And now because you've managed to drag your case out for 30 years, we're supposed to feel sorry for you. Like I I have no sympathy for this and nobody else should either. She broke the law. She had a chance to fix this and she never did, but she just, <laughs> she kept dragging her case out and now, Oh, you can't deport me. I've been here for 30 years. Um, I th- And this is, this isn't the only story like this. This is, this is crazy.
1: Well, your, your, know? your point. Yeah. Which I think is a great one is right, these people constantly saying, I have faith in the system, but the system is, the system did exactly what it's supposed to do. Right. It may not have done it in the time frame that it should have, but it did it. You know, so that, that's like, I robbed a bank, and now I'm in jail, but I'm fighting it because I have faith in the system. Right. Well, the system's going to say, you robbed a bank. Right. <laughs> so that's why you're in jail. The system hasn't done you wrong. You you did wrong. So why would you now think that the system supposedly is is going to help you? It, it 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 has no business helping you. It's supposed the system is to protect everyone. Right. And the only way it protects everyone is by as they say, you know, the that's why justice is supposed to be blind. Right. And you know. I was reading another one of these stories that's mentioned in this article, and it's the same thing. You know, she came here illegally. She left the country. She came back, and you know, and again, now it's 15 years later. I've paid taxes. Yeah. I've worked. I've contributed. Yeah, she's got four kids and two grandchildren now. So those six people shouldn't be here. Right, <laughs> and plus her, of course, I don't know what the status of her husband, but those six shouldn't be here. Really, how much money have you paid in taxes, and how much money are your, your, your illegal kids paying in taxes, right. probably you know, not enough to, to cover all this stuff. And do we track, You know, the one thing that never gets tracked, which is funny, because they always talk about you know, how long they've been here and this and that and the other. And of course, when they do have kids, well, they're citizens. So whatever they do doesn't count, but it should count because, but we don't know. I mean, I'm sure that, that, you know, some of these people that are citizens had illegal alien, you know, that are now sitting in jail because of crimes they've committed, maybe killing somebody, maybe raping, whatever it is, but we don't count that. And we should, and we can't, I mean, I understand that. We should. That person wouldn't have been here either. Right. So so I'm more than willing to say, you know, take all those people, one generation, two generations, I don't know what it is, and you know, how many of them? And occasionally you get a story, but it's not many, and it's not so great. Is you know, look at our our. um, Well, now he's the insurance commissioner. Um, uh, What the hell's his name? Oh, you're talking about uh, Ricardo Lara? Yeah, Ricardo Lara. Now he'll mention, you know, yeah, your your parents were here late. You came here late, even though he was born here. Well, I haven't heard any story yet about somebody who really did something great <laughs> who was, who came here or not came here but was born here from parents that were illegal. And okay, you made it to insurance commissioner. Well. Would the country or would the state survive if you had never been here? Right. Would there have been somebody else who could have taken that job? And I don't know. I think you, I think the guy's an idiot anyway, so I'm not sure that I'd be yeah. So you know so you have these things, but they, they never they, they're always talked talk, spoken about in, in very broad terms, because there's never really great examples, and even if there were. I mean, even if somebody was born here illegally, of illegal alien parents, even if they cured cancer, well, that's a great thing. So do we let everybody in the country, everybody in the world into the country? Right. Because maybe one of their kids may do something great one day. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, but, but, you know, back to the original point, it's, it's to convince people so that when, you know, you talked about why aren't people out on the street. Well, they're not, you know, they're not out on the street because either they don't know, and that's the biggest number, don't know that any of this stuff is going on. But number two is they're afraid. Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree. Because they get, they get, yelled at, screamed at, um, called names. Um, they get, uh, you know, especially if they're in small communities. All of a sudden, they're, you know, their persona non grata. Their their child has been killed. Well, because they have the temerity to complain about the fact that the person was illegal well oh you're you're a racist yeah or you're a bigot your child could have been killed by a citizen so you know it, it's it, it's just a horrible situation and yeah. you have very few politicians that have the you know the the courage to speak up and speak out and you know this has been going on for you know decades
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I agree and Two points I want to make, you know, real quick is that the reason that we're in this position is because we've allowed the system to get out of control, and you know, just like you said, we're we're, how many is too many. You know, where where do we draw the line? You know, is it if one out of a million people, you know, become successful, is that enough to allow open borders? You know, because I would argue that if if you could snap your fingers and if you can remove all the illegal aliens tomorrow, you could have an immigration system that actually would function because it would only be dealing with people that were trying to come through the system the legal way. Because part of the problem, part of the reason that the immigration system is so gummed up is because the, the immigration court system and also CIS, the agency that issues you know, immigration uh, visas, they're dealing with so many illegal aliens, right? Fighting their case, trying to stay in the country, dragging out their cases that because they have so many people in the system that shouldn't be in that system, the people that are trying to follow the law are the ones that actually get punished because now they're having to wait 10, you know, 15 years, even depending on what it is. But you're, you're actually causing more problems for people by allowing this kind of haphazard sort of legal system to continue the reality is what you should do is just completely cut it off and say, no, we are not going to entertain illegal immigration anymore. If you're here illegally, you don't get to spend 10 years fighting your case. You don't get to apply to fix your papers. You don't get to adjust your status, even though you came in illegally. Like that's the answer, right? It's just to say, no, we're not going to do this. We're only going to allow people to stay in the country that have followed the law and have attempted to comply with the laws of the United States. If you choose to jump the line and you choose to, to break the law or work illegally or whatever it is, sorry, you had your chance and you blew it. Goodbye. See you later. But the reason that we're in this position is one, because we've ignored it. And two, because we reward people for breaking the law. And, you know, if you think about it, if you are in another country and you want to come to the United States and you see your friends coming here illegally and then essentially getting everything for free on a silver platter along with the red carpet, and then you see other people that are waiting in line 10 years. Well, you know, I I I put my papers in, but you know, I have to wait 10 years to, to be able to get an interview to maybe get my green card. You know, what are you going to do? Right. And to an extent, I don't necessarily blame the people coming here illegally because I, I understand their motivation. They're breaking the law and I don't, (laughs) I don't have any empathy for their criminal actions. And I think they should be held accountable for it, but I can understand their mindset. Um, but that's a problem that we've created. That's a problem that we've created by our lack of enforcement, you know, and, and one of the other parts of this too, I wanted to kind of circle back on is in that, that second story we were talking about, you know, one of the, the topics that comes up a lot. And the reason I wanted to kind of circle back is they talked about another guy, one or-, or maybe it's a woman, sorry, but Juan Ortega of Guatemala. Uh, apparently I'm assuming that's a female. She's in North Carolina. Um, this stood out to me, and her quote was For me, it's like a prison, right? She's <laughs> in sanctuary in a North Carolina church after being denied asylum. One of the biggest changes for me was developing diabetes and high blood pressure in sanctuary. Well, okay, they're talking about people that have been denied asylum, right? And that's another system that's been grossly abused. Because for anyone that's not familiar, Asylum is a process that when you come to the border or you come to a port of entry, you basically say, I'm here, I don't have any papers, I'm in fear of my government, please let me into the country. So in the past, that was enough. All you had to do was say, I'm afraid of torture, I want asylum, let me in. Because under Obama, what happened was those people just got let in the country, right? I have have fear, I claim asylum, all right, here you go. And those people were forgotten about. And now that's not the case. Now they're being held accountable. And for anyone out there that isn't familiar with asylum, asylum is for people that have a legitimate claim of fear of persecution or torture from their government or another group in their country. So the simple fact that you come here and claim asylum doesn't mean that you get to stay. It's not a magic wand. You don't just get to say, I claim asylum, let me in, and it's over, right? So this idea that these people are hiding out in a, in a mm-hmm. church because they've been denied asylum, well, okay, so what? You were denied. You, you're not entitled to it. It's time to go, right? And, you know, worrying about diabetes and high blood pressure and worrying about hiding out in a church, well, you know, there's a solution for that. You can go home, right? Mm-hmm. You can go back to your country or you can go to any other country in the world. But the fact is, you chose to come to the United States. You chose to take a gamble. You chose to claim asylum when you knew that you didn't have a legitimate asylum claim, and it was denied, right? And now, <laughs> I think we can all admit that there are a lot of people that probably get approved for asylum that probably don't deserve it. So, even knowing that a lot of people get it that probably shouldn't, the fact that somebody's denied should say something, right? Because it isn't just I claim asylum and you and, and you get to stay. I know I've said that a few times, but I really want to drive that point home. You know, and that that's kind of what I'm getting at is, is this system that we have, it it does need to be reformed. We do need to make changes, but the problem that you and I have seen over the years is that anytime the politicians talk about change or reform or any of that stuff, it's always about how do we make it easier? How do we reward the illegals? How do we provide amnesty? They're not talking about any change or reform that actually would help the system. It's always about how do we make it easier? How do we make it more lax? And that's where it gets lost in translation because you have, you know, the right that doesn't want to, <laughs> they haven't really done us any favors either, but clearly the left wants open borders. And I think sometimes the right does too, but, but that's not the solution either. And again, because we've done that, we've just created all these, these follow on problems that now I don't know how we fix this. You know, I don't know what the answer is because I, maybe the problem is, is too far out of control. I, I I worry about that all the time. You know, I I don't know what the answer is.
1: Uh, Uh, Well, it's clearly too far out of control. And it's, you know, it it gets worse and worse. You're right about the, you know, you know, people, reform is supposed to be making things better. Right. It's, you know, there's an argument of what's better. But I think if you tried to, you know, ask any of these people, what would make, the United States better by allowing all these people to stay, opening the borders, and increasing the number of legal people that we that we allow to immigrate by massive numbers, because when when they say they, you know, they want to you know, fix it, they're really talking about letting anybody in. I mean legally right. now, I'm not even talking about illegal. Um, because no matter how many you allow in, there's always going to be more that wanna come. And then of course it's then they come in illegally and then of course it's oh look what we're doing to these people. Right. So it's the same, it's the same thing, you know, it's 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 never gonna get better until there's some honesty presented about it and until people say, you know what, you can't there's a lot of things we'd like to do, not just immigration related, but you can't do everything. (laughs) Right. It's just impossible. You have to look at the, you know, what are the consequences? You know, when people say they want everybody, you know, right now, everybody to get free this, free that, free that. Well, there's no such thing as everything is free. Right. It just doesn't work that way. But I understand I mean, if you're a student sitting there with $150,000 student loan and you can't even get a job, well, of course, you'd love to have your loan paid off. Right. But maybe one of the reasons you can't get a job is because there are people that were allowing to come in and immigrate legally or illegally in right. front, that are taking it in front of you. Right. So, you, but you, but, but not only do you want your, your debts to be paid for, you want these people to be allowed to come in and are right. allowed to stay. Right. You're, you're, you know, and people don't seem to be able to understand that. Right. Um, you know, like, yeah. so the, <laughs> the hypocrisy or stupidity, one or the other, is, is amazing. Well, I, on that note, because
0: of the date today, Speaking of hypocrisy and everything else and stupidity, you know, we're recording this on September 10th. And one of the things that I always like to bring up and remind people of is, you know, tomorrow being nine 11, I think we all know what that means. A lot of the nine 11 hijackers were here illegally, right? Some of them had visas, some of them were students, but some of them had overstayed their visas and it's amazing how quickly we forgot about that, you know, and for all this talk about letting people stay and claiming asylum and everything else. Well, <laughs> if you only think that it's poor people from central America claiming asylum, you are sadly mistaken. Mm-hmm. And the entire reason that Homeland security was created and ice and all these other agencies that were reorganized and created and you know, everything else was because of 9-11 and 9-11 occurred in large part because of two things. One, the various law enforcement and intelligence agencies weren't communicating effectively. And so they overlooked the fact that this plot was being put together. And also because nobody was paying attention, the 9-11 hijackers that would have been deportable, were overlooked and they were allowed to remain in the country. And because of those failures, we all know what happened, right? We lost how many thousands of people on 9 11? How many, not that the money is that important, but billions of dollars of, of damage. Tens of thousands of people died after the fact, after going to ground zero to clean up and search for bodies. We got into two wars essentially because of 9-11, right? So that occurred because those guys weren't deported. That occurred because those guys were allowed to be in the country illegally. And I'm by no means suggesting that every legal alien is a 9-11 hijacker. However, when you leave the door...
1: Took, o- it only took 19. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It only took 19. 19 people destroyed how many hundreds of thousands if not millions of lives right think of all the people affected think of all the families affected by the people that died in the towers and then think about all the people the families that are affected by the people that died after the fact and all the troops that went overseas and got and were killed and all the troops that were maimed and all their families and you know think about the innocent people in Iraq and Afghanistan and and all the other countries, the, the innocent Iraqis that got affected by war, the innocent Afghanis that got affected by war. That all occurred as an after effect of 9-11. And <laughs> the idea that we have police departments in California, New York, and Chicago, protecting people that have no legal status and have no, I have no way to verify their identity I don't know that stupidity is the right word because it's so far beyond that. But essentially you have states and cities that have enacted laws that almost encourage more 9-11 type hijackers to come into the country. Because for all we're talking about, you know, we we mainly focus on, you know, legal aliens working and committing crime, which is horrendous in and of itself. But like you said, it only took 19 men And a couple hours to take two, actually four planes. I think it was in front of me. They hijacked four planes and changed the world forever. And now because we're so short-sighted and stupid and whatever else you want to use, we're allowing that system, we're allowing those circumstances to take place again. And it happened in San Bernardino not that long ago. Granted, it wasn't 3,500 people, but people forget that Tashfeen and Malik they killed 14 people with rifles in San Bernardino and the the lady that was the other half of that group she was allowed to come to the country even though it was obvious that she was committing fraud and now 14 people are dead because of our immigration system and that was under Obama you know she was allowed to come to the country without being properly vetted you know there was obvious fraud and that was overlooked and 14 people are dead. We don't talk about their families. That's 14 more families that were destroyed for no reason. And, you know, that's, I think, <laughs> if there's any point that we want to drive home, it's that we're setting ourselves up for failure. And it's, it's really sad to see we're setting ourselves up for failure and you have politicians and the news media in lockstep enabling that enabling those same circumstances to, to happen again. And I know it sounds crazy to say, and I know it sounds unbelievable, but it's absolutely true. (laughs) And, and that's, I think probably one of the main motivations for this show is just to make people aware that it's not just people on the corner selling fruit and it's not just old ladies in churches, you know, that admitted to working as babysitters. There's so much more to it and don't get caught up in the minutia of Mm -hmm these mindless propaganda stories that are trying to change your opinion because the outcome of no immigration laws and no borders is death and destruction. It's happened before and it'll happen again. And (laughs) we're almost encouraging it. And I, I, it really leaves me speechless when I, when I say that out loud, because I really think about, I think about how horrendous that can be. And it's just a matter of time. Because we don't know who's coming into the country. We don't know who's here. And you have California and New York. They're just welcoming it. And and of all places, New York, you know, New York is one of the more egregious offenders of this. They've stopped communication with federal authorities. So ICE can't do its job. ICE can't find people that are terrorists or that could be terrorists. And it's, I I don't know what it's going to take to wake people up. You know, 9-11 was almost 20 years ago. And it seems like we've already forgotten about it. And I guess maybe we need another, I I shouldn't even say that, but maybe it's going to take another 9-11 to wake people up again. And maybe it'll only last another 20 years. I I don't know, but I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see any more innocent people die because of our ridiculous policies and our self-serving politicians.
1: It will happen again. And all of those people will say, Oh my God, how could we have, Known it was going to happen. How could we have stopped it? Yeah, we didn't know. Um, look, all all I know is, you know, I mean, the direct people that were killed on 9/11 is a small fraction of all the people that ended up dying because of it. Right. But that was about three, a little less than three thousand. And again, nobody knows for sure for all the reasons that you said because of so much information is hidden. But I think it's a pretty solid number that at least three thousand people a year are killed by illegal aliens. But because they're killed, you know, in onesie twosies all over the place, nobody pays attention. But um, you know it, but you you're absolutely right. The nine eleven thing is, you know, we've made it I, I mean, things that I've read from people and I can see it because I can see the examples they give, we've actually we haven't regressed back to the point of where it was in September 10th, <laughs> on September 10th. We've gone past that. We have yeah. made it easier yeah. to, to come in, get a driver's license, fly, do this, I mean, all these things. And, and people don't seem to realize that these people have a long time frame. They don't come in yesterday, commit their crime tomorrow. <laughs> right. They may take years before they do, and when they do, we see what's you know what's happened. Yeah. And look, the, the 9-11 could have happened in 1993. It's amazing the buildings didn't collapse when they detonated some charges in their basement. So it took them eight more years to do it again, but they succeeded. <laughs>
0: well. Absolutely. And I mean, I think just to your point, just to remind everybody that the people that we're talking about, you know, obviously we don't want to see anyone die regardless of circumstances, but when you're talking about terrorism, there's been war in the Middle East for thousands of years. And if a group of people can hold a grudge against another group of people (laughs) over centuries, 20 years, 30 years is insignificant. So to think that we've, <laughs> we've done everything we can and nine 11 is not going to happen again is absolutely absurd. You know, you have people that dedicate their lives to dying for the cause. I mean, that that's the truth. They spend their entire lives preparing to die for the sake of their, their cause. And the greatest honor they can have is dying while killing Americans or killing Westerners for that matter. It doesn't have to be Americans. It can be Europeans for that, you know, but Think about that. That's what we're up against, and that doesn't happen every day. But just like you said, it's three thousand people were wiped out in a single day. <laughs> that's that's three thousand families that were destroyed in, in one day. And it wasn't even a day; it was twenty minutes. It wasn't I mean, if I remember right, yeah. um, I, I'm even forgetting the details now. I, I shouldn't, but
1: well, well, I guess the first crash was around eight o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. And the, I think the last one was that crashed in the field. I think that was like eleven thirty, so okay. maybe three hours. <laughs> yeah. I g yeah, I guess
0: I know the total time was about three hours. I I, I guess you know you're right. I was thinking about the, the towers, but yeah, I
1: Yeah well, point the towers too. was less than an hour. Yeah. I don't know what the you know
0: but I I I think you get my point. <laughs> Regardless of the time, which I, well, I should know. Well, the crazy thing is,
1: we we were having this fight, which we lost. You know, of the nineteen hijackers, it was seven or eight. I'm not sure which. Seven or eight of them got their driver's licenses in Virginia. Yeah. So when Virginia, I guess it was the end of last year, maybe the beginning of this year, pre-COVID. You know, they wanted to give driver's licenses to illegal aliens think they learned their lesson and they did they passed it <laughs> did they learn their lesson and you know <laughs> yeah and you
0: know i think just to add to that i think a lot of people make the argument of well at least you're giving them a driver's license so at least you know who they are at least you have their fingerprints
1: and everything else and
0: okay yes that that statement is true
1: well no no it's all, it's all it's only partially true I know Illinois does not require fingerprinting okay. and others. St- I know there are other States. I don't well, know, know which ones. And we also know that they, we have no idea that's who they really are.
0: <laughs> no, that's true. And
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. <laughs>
0: um But I, I think my point was that the argument has always been, well, they, we get their fingerprints, we get, you know, IDs, we get them in the system. Right. I know we know that that's a joke because <laughs> like I, I've had conversations with people that, are involved in the driver's license system in California and the the evil part about what California did is they required that the way the law was written it said fingerprints will be taken but they never wrote anything in the law to say those fingerprints will be compared against any database so when these people get licenses in California they just get their fingerprints taken and they just they're just off in the ether so you're right there's no verification of who they are but Most people don't understand that, but the point I was going to make is when you excuse criminal behavior, even though it is driving without a license, which is not obviously the worst crime you can commit, but the fact is you're allowing a criminal to remain in the country, whether they're from Central America or whether they're from the Middle East or wherever, they have no permission to be in the United States. So why do we want to make it easier for them to stay here? Because we don't know if they're just going to sell fruit on the street corner or if they're gonna crash a plane to a building. We don't know that. But why do we wanna make it easier? Because you don't know. You don't know what the outcome is gonna be. And you know, a lot of crimes have been stopped by really basic police work. Something simple as someone getting pulled over for a, a taillight or someone getting taken to jail because of not having a driver's license, right? Certain major crimes get stopped by simple chance and coincidence And the more you give people legal protections that are engaging in criminal behavior, the less likely you are to have those chances to intercept that bad actor. And that's what we saw in nine 11, right? Had, had we had hundred percent enforcement on our immigration laws, had we had hundred percent enforcement on, you know, proper driver's license issuance, there's a real good chance that that didn't happen. And, you know, I'm not naive enough to say that every crime is going to be committed 100% of the time. Crime will always happen, but it's in the government's interest to protect the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness of as many people as possible. And by protecting criminals, they're going against really their only mission, you know, and it's it's sad that we have to talk about this, you know, <laughs> the day before 9-11, we're, we're – <laughs> we're in a worse position than we were 20 years ago. It's amazing to me.
1: I'll throw one more thing in here. I would. I don't know this for a fact. I mean, I could probably go to the 9/11 report and and verify it. But I would bet that all 19 or 20, actually, because they did catch the one guy. That all of them, when they went to learn how to, when they went to, you know, flying lessons. Mm-hmm that that when you sign up and you know do whatever that one of the things they ask you for is your driver's license not not that you need a driver's license to learn how to fly and get a flying license right. but it's just part of the process right and that if 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 you don't have that and you're trying to get a flying license wouldn't that create some suspicion in somebody's mind you want to learn right. how to fly but you don't know how to drive or you don't Drive, right. Um, so, so the the you know again, I I, um, I can't say for a fact because I'm not sure, but I would bet that they all, you know, had to have a driver's license in order to not you know I mean I'm sure that was one of the things you have to get a driver's license before you try to get your flying license, and now we're just handing them out like candy. So right. And to make it worse, not only
0: are we handing them out like candy, states like New York and California, and probably Illinois, some of them probably Virginia too, but I know for a fact, New York and California, two of the most popular states in the country, they have made laws against sharing information with ICE, with immigration. So not only can you come into the country illegally, go to a state government office and provide any kind of bullshit documents you want, walk out with a driver's license, now that state is going to protect your information from investigators from the federal government, right? That's Mm -hmm. to say it out loud. I know most people probably won't believe that, but that is absolutely true. You can, you can Google that anywhere you want. California and New York are absolutely prevented from sharing information with immigration authorities. And every year I know California keeps trying to make it worse. They keep making, more and more things illegal to share with immigration and it's it's incomprehensible one i think that's illegal i mean i think it's illegal but two why on earth would you do that (laughs) like i mean we know the reasons for it but in the context of, of terrorism and wanting to to stop another terrorist attack why on earth would you protect people that you know are admitting to the fact? have no legitimate documents or have no permission to be in the country. Like they're admitting to it and you're still protecting them. That's, I, I, I to be honest, I'm amazed. We haven't seen a, another attack like 9-11 because we, we basically rolled out the welcome mat from it. It's unbelievable.
1: But, mm, well.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, on that rather somber and depressing note, maybe that's a good place to, to wrap up. <laughs> Wrap up this show for the day. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything else that uh, that you want to add? Anything else that we should talk about before we go?
1: No, well, no. I'll leave my last point being the hijackers all had driver's licenses, and yep. uh, and I know you know. Again, you don't even know who they are. Um, I guess my, my last last point is it was all uh, this has been my joke about the Californians the other states too, driver's licenses that you know while you and i need to present social security card and you know some really valid documents the list of documents these people have to produce is a joke yeah. and the joke that i make about the joke is and i've said this both to the DMV and no why, why don't you enter to the legislature why don't you just why don't you just ask them for a luggage tag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's about the level of security you have with the documents they're giving you, and you know they don't they don't care. They just don't care, and um, which is probably one of the reasons why they try to hide that information <laughs> because because probably if they turn it over, you know, the police, law enforcement will figure out that. Or I used to well that's not who this is. <laughs> so they don't even want to look at it. it. It is really sad to think that our uh, that our country protects these people more than they protect you and me. That's my note final note of the day. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't.
0: yeah. That's absolutely horrible, and it's it's the absolute truth. Uh, so I, I can't add anything more to that because it's that's just horrible. But on that note, uh, I think we'll sign off for the day. Uh, so in closing, I just want to uh, thank every thank everyone for listening. Please be aware of what you're reading because most of it is absolute garbage. <laughs> It's absolute trash and propaganda. And on this uh, day before 9-11, I just want to take the time, you know, to say, please think about what you're advocating for. Please think about the consequences of, of your actions because we lost a lot of innocent people. We lost a lot of... Very good people, whether they be first responders or police officers or firemen or you know people serving the military, we've lost a lot of good people because of the aftermath of, of 9/11. So please be aware of that day. Please be aware of the people that that were killed. Please don't forget about the people that are killed every day as a result of our lax immigration laws and our protection of, of criminals. So. I think that's where we're going to leave it. Um, I think this is a good show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, on that note, we'll sign off. Say goodbye for Don. And this is Brian signing off. Hope everyone has a good day. And we will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.